identification. This is the program Encounter, subtitled One Drink Away from a Drunk. End of identification. Alcoholics Anonymous has just celebrated an important event. It's 25 years since it began operation in Australia. How does it work, AA? What does it do? Why is it successful? And why has it lasted so long? You'll only hear some of the answers in this program with others left to ponder over. What is an alcoholic anyhow? A man who simply drinks himself into oblivion because he likes it? A man who hates drinking but must have it? What turns a reasonably successful man with temperate habits into a degraded human being, dirty, sleeping in doorways, shunned by his family and his associates, forgotten, wiped out of people's minds because he offends them, because he's offended too long. What is an alcoholic indeed? The best people it seems to ask are alcoholics themselves, some of them doctors of medicine. An alcoholic is a person who has a physical allergy coupled with a mental obsession in regards to alcohol. An alcoholic... Uh, is an individual who has reached a, a basis with himself where he uh, where he cannot explain his behaviour. He gets guilty. The alcoholic is the loneliest person in a crowd when he is drinking. Uh, this is often shown uh, in a hotel where you'll find that he will go to one end of the bar and drink completely on his own, usually a place where he is not known, even though he may have many dollars in his pocket. An alcoholic is a Jekyll and Hyde. They're one person when they're sober, and when they're drinking, they change personality. Uh, an alcoholic, I, I feel, is a person who, who loses all self-respect of himself, but, but, but wants to knock around with people who he feels is lower than him. I don't know, it just seems to give him this little something, you know? He has a dependence and a compulsion, and uh, it's costing him more than money, that's another thing. An alcoholic is a person who can drink to the point of driving her husband uh, to the point of hating her, uh, her children hating her, and a lot of unhappiness and remorse sets in, and uh, we wonder how we are going to find a way out. To the non-alcoholic, the most frightening thing about alcoholism is the terrible craving suffered by alcoholics, not only by some members of AA or by some derelicts you see around the city, but by all the others who drink quietly, secretly at home, the hidden drinkers. Instead of the alcoholic problem, that the apparent alcoholics are only the tip of a giant iceberg, a vast number, maybe two or three hundred thousand more of them in Australia, have a drinking problem. An uncontrollable urge to drink alcohol, large amounts of it, no matter what the cost for themselves, their jobs, their families. Uh, the craving for a drink in my case was I never needed a drink until I had one. The craving of the alcoholic is really indescribable to anyone who is not an alcoholic. Perhaps the best way to put it is that during this suffering, an intake of alcohol seems to relieve all things, and immediately it enters the system, it seems to shoot to one's toes and spread completely through the body. I understand this is not so with non-alcoholics. The craving that I had was a pain. It was a pain in the top of my abdomen, but only alcohol would release that pain. Oh, the craving, my God, it is. It's just got to be. You've got to get it. You will do anything on God's earth to get drink. Uh, I know because I have uh, took my own children's toys and sold them. I have took my own children's toys and sold them to get a few bucks of drink. 
took the last week and I'm a wild spirit. Not anything at all, just to get enough money to get drinks. You've got to have it. I feel that an alcoholic will go to any possible land at all to get money to get drinks. I have many times left home in the morning to go to work with the intentions of going, but this craving got so much that no matter what resources I had, I just couldn't overcome it, and I had to go into the hotel. I had to have this first drink. Once I had this first drink, well, there was just no stopping from me. Nobody knows how many alcoholics needed help in Australia when Alcoholics Anonymous began operation in Sydney in 1945. It was started by three men, two of them alcoholics. One of them was Dr. M. I started in Australia about 1945 myself. Father Tom and Arthur McKenna from the Septon House, Darlinghurst. Now, we knew there was uh, very little about alcoholics. We had a big book, and we had to learn by trial and error. And in the process, it's a matter of ridicule, being a little in every way, and uh, we simply have to have enough courage to go on. It took us about 18 months to get any contacts at all, any success. And then it took another six or seven years of trial and error to have it firmly established. How many members are there in AA today in New South Wales or indeed Australia? Uh, no one knows exactly, but there are about 400 groups all over Australia. must number tens of thousands. Uh, Doctor, what about the thousands of alcoholics who never turn up at an AA meeting? Does AA do much for them, or does it think much about approaching them? AA always attracts it. Uh, it never promotes. And we leave it entirely to the patient and to the member himself. It never approaches at all, nor does it have a, it's got no record of any members. It keeps no check of their numbers. It's got no minutes of meeting. AA celebrated its 25th anniversary with a convention at the Rockdale Town Hall, Sydney, and predictably served tea and sandwiches afterwards. For non-alcoholic, it's something of an emotional experience to be among hundreds of alcoholics, all of them dry, all of them tied to AA by their common need. Their gratitude to what they describe as something bigger than themselves. Men and women, many of them prominent in the Australian community, professional people, priests, clergy from all denominations, who one day, maybe many years ago, went to an AA meeting and made the first of 12 important steps. They admitted publicly and to themselves that they were alcoholics. I believe I, I turned me from a, a hopeless uh, drunk to the point that I'm at today, or the point that I was at seven or eight years ago when I came to AA, for the simple reason that it, it, it showed me what was wrong with me. It gave me an open mind. I was, at the stage when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, all I thought about was me and drink. Through attending meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, I realized that I wasn't alone. I had friends that were willing to help me. And through this, it showed me a way of life and it explained to me where providing I did not pick one drink I could lose this craving, and today I'm still at the point that I was at seven years ago. Basically, that I am one drink from a drunk. Alcoholics cannot be cured. They are always one drink from a drunk. Always watchful. Often apprehensive that without the meetings of AA, they may return to what they were. They are only one drink away from what they were. Members of AA recall the past. Well, they record it rather philosophically when you ask them often sound as though they're talking about somebody else, which indeed they are. I started drinking as a normal person when I joined the service, and I had many happy moments. I was accepted socially, and uh, I never got into any trouble. But there came a time, and I don't know when, 
Nor do I today query when or why, because I'm afraid, being an alky, this would allow me to rationalization. So I must accept the fact that I am alcoholic, something I will be till the day I die. And I shall never, ever again be able to pick up a drink and be able to drink with any measure of safety. At the same time, as the pace of your drinking increased, uh, did you not get any, you know, any warning signs that you were drinking too much and out of self-respect you tried to pull yourself back? Oh, there would be many times I, I tried to rationalize on the fact that I would drink at certain periods. But this, I found, was not possible. Somehow, I would always find some excuse to start earlier than when I had originally started. In other words, I could get up in the morning knowing that I was going to drink and knew that it was impossible for me to end up in a normal manner at that night. And I would keep on going until I was completely satisfied. There are so many times that I have said I've done it again and promised that I would never do it. But unfortunately, in the end, it's best described that I could say I could tell anything but the truth and keep anything but a promise. It was impossible. Therefore, I accepted my situation, knowing it was hopeless. How bad was the situation at the end? My situation was one I lived in a two-story home at Gordon. I had three boys in a GPS school, and I was a company executive. Eight years later, I ended up with a seat out of my pants in Rushcutters Bay Park, and that led me to a place called a Matthew Talbot, which is a shelter for derelict men, unwanted, unwashed, and unkept. So, very briefly, I entered the New Zealand military forces at 17 and a half years of age. I had never drunk alcohol in my life. Uh, I, I attended a wet canteen that night, and the next morning I was in the guardhouse and I was charged for doing several things that I had uh, no actual memory of. You've never tasted alcohol before? Never. And how long after that was it before you joined AA? What was the period between the first drink and the last drink? Uh, 17 years. I joined AA in... Uh, in, in, in Sydney here. I came down from New Guinea. Uh, I was not performing my job properly. I wasn't sacked, but I was told to find other employment and not come back. I joined AA. I went back to my job. I uh, straightened up my affairs, and uh, that's the way it's been ever, ever since. What was your moment of truth? My moment of truth was when my wife was going to leave me. I always wanted to have my family. I wanted my wife. I wanted my home. I wanted all these things, and I did not know why it was necessary for me to go and drink. I could not find the answer. I would go to a club on the pretext that I was seeking company, and then I would go to the club and I would ignore everybody and drink by myself. I would drink by myself because, A, other people were not prepared to drink at the same, uh, at the same uh, rate as I was drinking, and, B, I, I thought uh, the things that they were discussing were silly. So I preferred to drink by myself in the middle of a group of people. Did you try to explain to your wife, your family, that you were feeling this way, that it wasn't the fact that you wanted to go and get drunk? No, no, I don't think that I bothered to explain anything to anybody. I used my home as a change room, as a shower room. I came home from work, I got into, into social clothes and off I went. You felt no compassion, no feeling remorse, even though you knew you couldn't help yourself? No, I felt that uh, as a family man, I was putting food into the mouths of my children, shoes on their feet, clothes on their back, and this was sufficient. Uh, what were some of the low spots in your 70 years of drinking? Well, perhaps the lowest spot was the was the was the realization uh, that I had I did not know of this term at the time, but I had attained the mental blackout stage. 
where the subconscious takes over and one performs all sorts of acts uh, of which uh, one the next day doesn't know anything about. What was your greatest capacity for a day? Well, I don't know about capacity. I got to a, a bottle of scotch a day or it was a bottle of rum or, or whatever was available. That was plus ordinary, ordinary beer drinking. Did you lose your friends? Well, I lost friends and I made friends. I, 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 I can, so I can say that I used people. This is the thing. I didn't have any real friends. How long since you've had a drink, Arthur? Uh, Fourteen years. Most non-alcoholics have never attended a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, but many members attend two or three meetings of AA a week to re-fortify themselves, to strengthen their resolution, as one of them put it to me. To attend a convention of alcoholics and their relatives in a packed town hall at Rockdale is a rather memorable experience. The first impression, strangely, is one of neatness. You get the feeling that everybody has dressed in their best. Every man, no matter what his financial situation, has seemed to doll himself up for the night. A member told me that after so much untidiness in their lives, personal appearance had assumed tremendous importance to all of them. And it took quite a time at that meeting to adjust to the idea that about one in every four alcoholics is a woman. I drink normally, happily, and socially for a great number of years. All of a sudden, this compulsion to alcohol became quite prominent in my life. At this period of my life, I had everything to live for. I had a happy home. I had a devoted family. I didn't have any worries or problems or troubles, and I had an assured future. But I obviously became a compulsive drinker. When this happened to me, I had no knowledge that I was an alcoholic, and I had no knowledge at all of Alcoholics Anonymous. But I had a very great knowledge that there was something very extraordinary happening to me. Because it didn't seem logical to me that a person who could drink happily, normally, and socially for a great number of years could all of a sudden be drinking abnormally and unhappily. Did you want to investigate the situation further? No, I never did, because I was so bitterly ashamed about what I was doing. You were a secret drinker, were you? Yes, I was a secret drinker in my own home. I kept my bottles in the kitchen and in my bedroom, unbeknownst to my family. But, of course, eventually the time came and my family were quite well aware, well aware of the fact that I was drinking secretly. No doubt they were aware of it long before you were aware that they knew. Yes, quite definitely. They did everything in their power to help me. But they, too, like I, were completely ignorant of the fact that I was suffering from this disease of alcoholism. I was approached, unbeknownst to me one day, by a lady member of Alcoholics Anonymous who knocked on my door. She was brought to me by a mutual friend. And she came into my home, told me she was an alcoholic. And she told me her story of what she was like once and what she was like now. She asked me would I attend a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous with her. Now, I didn't want to do this because by this time... I'd got an extraordinary conception of AA that it was a lot of religious, fanatical people who did nothing but pray. And at that stage of my life, I decided that if it was going to be any praying done, it would be done in the privacy of my own home. But my sponsor, whom I choose to call this lady, was very, very persistent, and in the end, I gave in, and I went to my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, I went to my first meeting of AA without any desire at all to stop drinking. And I know why I did that. Because I knew deep down in my heart that there was no power on this earth that could stop me from drinking beyond being locked up behind bars. But I went to my first meeting, and when it was over, my sponsor asked me would I come again. And I used, which I make this term, the three most magical words that I have ever used in my life when I turned around and said, yes, I will. I went to my first meeting nearly 17 years ago, 
in the Royal Exchange Hotel in the city. They used to have meetings on the first floor lounge of the Royal Exchange Hotel. And that was when I went to my first meeting. And uh, you've been dry ever since? Yes, I've never had a drink. Tell me, if you were given a wine trifle, would this suddenly affect you? No, not at all. If you took one drink tonight? It would affect me. I would continue to drink and I would be desperately sick within the next 48 hours. Do you feel that the worried relatives of an alcoholic, the family, that they help or hinder an alcoholic in the recognition of his condition, in his recovery? Well, I think mainly they hinder one. For the simple reason that the, mostly the families of alcoholics try to take us away from alcohol. They take out, find our bottles, they put them down the sink, or then they smash them. Now, this infuriates the alcoholic, because the alcoholic deep down in their own heart knows that that bottle is as necessary as the very air that they breathe. And when the families take it away by some reason, and somehow, even to the extent of feeling bottles of alcohol, the alcoholic will get one. Do you need to go to AA meetings at this late stage, after being sober how many years, 17? Nearly. Yes, I will go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings for the rest of my life. It's necessary. It is most necessary, because if I should give away my meetings or discontinue my association with Alcoholics Anonymous, there is every likelihood that I may pick up a drink again. How long were you a heavy drinker? Well, I was a heavy drinker from uh, for about 12 years. Uh, became a daily drinker, was a beer drinker, but uh, drank brandy because the effects of the brandy was much better. Uh, I didn't want to uh, keep on drinking daily, but uh, it was just something that I had to do. Did your intake increase over the years? Uh, yes. Uh, I was drinking a large bottle of brandy a day without any trouble. At home? Uh, and mainly at home. I did drink it out at certain hotels, but I was very careful that I didn't have any more than I could handle there. And I used to go home uh, very well, but it was after I got home that I opened the brandy, and by um, dinner time, I was very much under the influence of alcohol. Husband, children? Yes, I had a, a husband and three uh, teenage children, and uh, they were noticing, of course, that uh, I was drinking heavily, and there were many rows and many uh, violent uh, scenes, and I think the worst one I had was on my son's 21st birthday uh, evening, we were having a party, and um, I want to be very well and happy for this, but five o'clock, I was well and happy. By half past seven, I was screaming drunk, and I was locked in my room and unable to attend this party, and this, to me, was something that uh, was most humiliating because I'd looked forward to this party from the time my boy was born. My moment of truth came when I was forcibly taken from my home to an alcoholic hospital. When was this? Uh, this would be uh, six years ago, and the next morning when I woke and could look around, I feel this was my moment of truth, and I was very willing to look at myself and realize that alcohol was my trouble, nothing else, nobody else, and from that day, I haven't had a, a, found it necessary to have a drink, and it's been through the help of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous, of course, doesn't seek any uh, cures or go out to meet anybody, so we don't claim anything in the way of a percentage of success. But it would seem that with uh, several thousand um, members, that those who seek help from Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, perhaps more than half of them find 
the success that they need, that is to stay stopped with their drinking. Years ago, it used to be all older people. You had to be 40 and or better, and uh, at the bottom of the ladder, you had to be in the, the gutter, more or less, and uh, have lost your job and your wife walked out on you and so on. Today, there are a lot of younger people getting to Alcoholics Anonymous. It's not uncommon to find people in their 20s in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I know of uh, three people who celebrated their 21st birthday as members of AA, sober, and are still sober some years later. My name is Jane, and I'm 21. You are an alcoholic? Yes, that's right. When did you have your first drink? I had my first drink when I was 16 at a party. Um, I wanted to find out the effects of alcohol, and um, I, I had a drink, and I found that I didn't like the taste, but I liked the effect, and, um, and I, I got drunk that night. And, um, and this happened every time afterwards that I picked up a drink. I found that I couldn't handle it, and um, I had to keep on drinking until I didn't know what I, until I was drunk. How much did you drink, say, by the time you joined AA? When was it? I went to my first meeting when I was 19, in the second trip to psychiatric hospital. At this time, it, I didn't take much at all to get me drunk, but I was on... I was taking drugs at this time, too. Why did you start with drugs? Um, I started drugs uh, a short time after I'd had my first drink. I found that I, you know, I was ashamed of my behavior when I was drinking, and I needed something to face up, you know, face up the people during the day, and I found that the drugs helped me, too. Your parents, were they much help? Did they try to help you? Um... They had been in the latter part, in the beginning, um, when they found out that, you know, the things that I was getting up to when I was drinking, um, they thought, you know, that I was doing, being rebellious because I've always sort of, you know, I've never sort of been able to um, stand authority or this sort of thing. And um, they, they weren't any help at all, you know. In fact, I used to blame them. But, you know, when they found out that I was sick, you know, they had been great help. And how were you introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous? I went to a meeting in, in, a, in a psychiatric hospital, and um, I didn't go there because I thought I was an alcoholic. Uh, I didn't go there because I thought I had a problem with drugs. Uh, I went there, you know, I thought I'd be the only young person there, and, and people would take notice of me. And um, What was your intake, say, of alcohol before you joined AA when you were 19, two years ago? Well, I wasn't a daily drinker. I was, I daily, I took drugs daily, but, um, I used to get so sick drinking that, you know, I'd go off it for a couple of weeks and... You like drink? You like the taste of drink? Did you then? No, I've never liked the taste of alcohol. Every time, you know, after I drank, I'd say, you know, this isn't going to happen again, but it just always seemed to. I didn't know it was the first drink and, you know, I was, once I had one, I had to go on and I had to get drunk. Well, now you're a member of AA. Has it been successful for you, wholly? Um, when I accepted the fact that I was an alcoholic for 18 months, I wouldn't accept the fact that I couldn't drink, and I tried. Um, but in the past, I had my last drink a year ago, and I don't know why it works, but I know that it does work. How does AA work? What produces the unity of its members, their devotion to its principles? How does it solve the problems of the alcoholic? Here's a practicing doctor of medicine who is also a member of AA. 
We have not solved uh, the problem of the alcoholic. Um, the only thing we claim to do is with those alcoholics who want sobriety, we offer them a rest of their disease if they want sobriety strong enough. Uh, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is based on 12 very simple steps uh, formed uh, in America many years ago by the first 100. Uh, these steps um, uh, are based on honesty and a spiritual concept. And uh, let me uh, emphasize that uh, I am not in any way uh, a religious fanatic. In fact, people who know me, this is the last thing that they would think of me. But nevertheless, um, via AA, I myself have achieved sobriety, and with sobriety, or because of sobriety, I have achieved my spiritual awakening, and I believe in uh, that power greater than myself, that I to myself call God. You can get no closer than this to the actual success of AA. Uh, no. Uh, it is said that uh, AA... Uh, is a form of group therapy. Um, I don't like the term. It is far more than that. Uh, it doesn't involve pills and potions. We don't take something three times a day. Uh, the strength of AA lies in the meeting of fellow sufferers who uh, exchange their experiences, who are honest insofar that they identify themselves eventually to themselves as alcoholics, and then having identified themselves, uh, realize that their life is unmanageable, and then having taken those two steps, uh, have this earnest desire never to drink again, not just for a day, not just for a week, but never in their lives. It's a, it's a very bitter pill to swallow in, in, in the beginning. One can't imagine that you can't go into a bar and have a beer again. But uh, when you get your sobriety, you wonder about the foolishness of it all. A delegate I spoke with at the convention told me that its members belong to the most exclusive club in the world, and they paid the highest price to get in. But no amount of questioning produced any real clue to the success of AA in keeping most of its members dry. There was no mystery to the members, of course, but to the outsider, the only clue to the success of AA came in the repeated claim, help from some power greater than ourselves. People of every religious persuasion were present at the meetings during the convention. Clergymen of all denominations were among the alcoholics, too. The help in the beginning comes from the therapy of AA, uh, the sharing of experiences with other members of Alcoholics Anonymous. But gradually the program tries to point out to each one that they have to find a God of their own that works for them. And they come to believe in God as they understand him. And they pray to him and they get a deep faith in him and they know that he answers their prayers and gives them helps that they didn't get before coming to AA. But, Father, during your, your drinking career, no doubt you called on the God you believed in for assistance. Did you get the same kind of help when you made an individual approach as you did when you came to AA? Well, I didn't know what was wrong with me then. I didn't know that I had a sickness called alcoholism. And this was pointed out to me, and I made a decision I would never drink again and called upon God to give me the help to keep this decision I never wanted to drink again. As a Roman Catholic priest, I found that my knowledge of God deepened considerably after coming to AA. Uh, I had a much deeper knowledge of my faith, a deeper understanding of God, and a greater love for my fellow men. 
The workings of AI are strange and different to so many people, but we speak of a power that is greater than ourselves. It must be remembered that many alcoholics come into AA as agnostics or even atheists, and yet most of us have had some childhood training as far as a religious sense is concerned. But in AA we find a different power, a power greater than ourselves, that can be a god, it is a god to me, it's my god that I lost early in my youth. But to others, it is a power that works outside of the human uh, element. And we know, we members of AA, that have had to call upon this outside power during critical periods of our lives, uh, this is in our sober lives, and we always get an answer. So any member of AA that has the program working for him has a belief. Uh, it may not be the Christian belief of an orthodox religion, but it is a belief just as powerful and one that works for the alcoholic. I believe in what we term in AA a power greater than myself, who I have no hesitation in calling God. But I have no mediator between my God and myself. And it helps me each day if I ask for guidance from him to do his will. And I get this um, support from regularly attending my AA meetings. Do you have any physical concept of this God you talk about? None whatsoever. It is a feeling that is beyond uh, my explanation. Well, my opinion is that I have a power greater than myself, uh, which can be termed as a form of God as I understand him. But the truth is that I do not understand anything about God. This is occasioned by the fact that I uh, served in a uh, Protestant church choir for six years. I attended uh, Sunday school. I, I was compelled to, uh, to read the Bible, undertake all forms of religious instruction in the Protestant faith. Uh, and in spite of all this, and in spite of all the playing that I did in my latter days of drinking, of returning to the church of my fathers, I just got drunker. The more I prayed, the more I drank. For me personally, I cannot uh, reconcile myself uh, to the idealism of a personal God. I believe that there is a power uh, called AA, which is a mixture of many, many techniques and many theories, and this is sufficient for me. It keeps me sober 24 hours at a time. There's no religious aspect of AA. It's a spiritual program. It's a spiritual concept in the 12 steps. But it suggests in itself as a force outside yourself, bigger than yourself, to help you. Yes, this is the power greater than I, myself, which I choose to call God. But it's not a religious program. It's a spiritual program. Why do you think AA works? Well, this is a terrible hard question. I honestly don't know. But uh, I suppose it's through the grace of God that we get right. Well, I never did believe in a God, but um, when I came to AA, um, I tried every other way to, you know, sort of cope with life. And then, and I, I just came to believe that there was a power that, you know, could help me. And um, You're 21? Yes. Although AA attracts, but does not promote, it's always available to anybody who has a drinking problem. Help and the invitation to attend an AA meeting is only a phone call away. Alcoholics, when they're suffering, are very impulsive people as well as being compulsive in their drinking. And uh, the decision is often made to do something about their drinking uh, in a split second. This actually happened to me. 
And uh, to have a telephone number available is most important. And to have a telephone number publicised as much as possible is, much, is very important. So that it becomes uh, a thing that everybody knows about. It's in the telephone book. It can be looked up readily. And unfortunately, in Sydney, we cannot have a 24-hour personal service. We do not have the staff or the available labour force for that. We have, um, we have workers in our central office, many of them voluntary workers, every day in ordinary business hours. And then we have uh, a telephone tape system which will tell any caller after business hours where there is a meeting being held. What happens if a member feels that he or she is going to break down and go off on a bender? Well, then they, they may have uh, telephone numbers of individual members that they have collected in. If they've had experience with AA and been sober and made friends, they will have telephone numbers. And they will ring up the person they feel can most help them if they are either going to pick up a drink or have already picked up one. And so the other member comes around or talks to them on the phone? This, this is true. Um, and most alcoholics spend many hours, sober ones, on the telephone, talking to other sober alcoholics or to other alcoholics who are drinking. So the fabric of unity is maintained. This is right, and unity is one of our legacies. Two groups work along with Alcoholics Anonymous. One of them is Al-Anon. Its work is concerned with helping relatives of alcoholics to understand their condition. The alcoholics may or may not be members of AA, but uh, AA says it gets many new members this way. How did Al-Anon begin? It began in a marriage that was formed by the wife of Bill W., the founder of AA, Lois. The reason was apparently that uh, many relatives of alcoholics have no hope of understanding them without some kind of education. That is what it turned into at first. It, the wives of the alcoholics in America felt lonely and they banded together for company because their alcoholics spent so much time uh, keep, keeping their sobriety in meetings that they felt left out of things. And shortly they found out that they too needed some kind of understanding for themselves because their lives hadn't changed after the alcoholic had become sober. It's been said that non-alcoholics have very little hope of understanding alcoholics without some kind of education anyhow. That is 100% correct. This is not the kind of disease that can be handled from the textbook. They're, uh, you have to live with it and you have to speak with people who have lived with it and have learned to understand it to get the understanding of the alcoholic. My name is Tess, and I'm from Adelaide. Uh, I actually found Al-Anon uh, the next evening after my sister went to AA. She had had a problem for many years, and uh, I had watched. She was very much loved. And it was quite a worry, an emotional upset that I experienced watching her doing all these odd, strange things. This was something that we couldn't even credit that was happening in the family. No other alcoholics in the family? No, no, it wasn't the fact that we were without the choice of having a drink, but uh, this was something far deeper than just having a drink. Until she went to Alcoholics Anonymous to a meeting, did you understand anything about her problem at all? No, I didn't. I had a deep loyalty to her where all her friends had left her, ostracized her. Uh, it was me and her husband who really stuck with her. But the revelation came when I went to Al-Anon and at last I could see the whole thing as a sickness, as it was. 
Uh, here was the answer to all the odd things that I had witnessed through the years, things that had broken my heart. I could see them now, none other than as a sick person's act. Alan, on his fellowship uh, for people who are uh, either related or friendly to the alcoholic, we have a partner who's an alcoholic, and the fellowship itself works in such a way as to teach people to understand their partner and their own reaction towards the drinking problem. What is your situation? How closely associated are you with a drinking problem? Uh, my wife is an alcoholic. When I say the word she is an alcoholic, I do not brand her as she has confessed it herself as uh, being an alcoholic because I don't think I'll be able to pick one. How long was she drinking before she came to a meeting? Uh, approximately six, seven years. Did you understand her situation at all, or did you believe you did until you joined Anonym? No, I didn't have the faintest idea. I didn't even know I was living with an alcoholic. I had the wool pulled over my eyes, well and truly. Uh, I uh, probably did not want to see the problem the way it was. I put it down to everything else that one possibly could. Sickness, hormonal upset, mental sickness, anything else but drinking. You were ashamed, I Well, your pride, sir, as a man, certainly. How old are you? Eighteen. You're a member of Alateen. Yes, that's right. It's for the children of an alcoholic parent. What does Alateen do, is it? Um, well, Alateen is very much, um, well, it works in with Alanon. It um, helps the children that do come to understand their, their problems, their own problems, plus their father's problems or their mother's problems, whoever is drinking. Tell us your family circumstances. Um, well, I haven't... Um, didn't wasn't introduced to Alateen or Alanon until I was about 16, but um, when I was 10, through drink, my father had taken my mother's life. And um, What happened to you after that? Well, I lived with my grandmother and my two brothers. She took us after my mother had died because she lived with us before. And uh, when did you see your father after this time? Well, we were visiting him when he was in um, an institution. We visited him quite a lot when he was well enough to see us. And how old were you then? I think about 12, I would have been. And what's happened between the time you were 12 and the past six years, the time up until today, now you're 18? Well, um, I visited Dad, and I didn't know anything about Alanon. I didn't know that he was an alcoholic um, until we were introduced to AA and Alanon by a friend that wrote to Dad through Alanon. And um, he was introduced to this person through AA that was in the um, group that he was at in the institution where he was. You didn't mind going back to your father again after he'd taken your mother's life? Oh, no, definitely not. I knew it was a sickness. I knew he was sick at the time when it happened. And uh, when did he attend his first meeting? I think it would have been 1965. I'm not really sure because I can't quite remember that, all the facts of that. You're living with your father now, are you? No, no, I'm not. No doubt the non-alcoholic will be as confused as I was about the cause of alcoholism. Many alcoholics claim that alcoholics were born, not made. Some AA members, like the 21-year-old girl, had needed huge amounts of alcohol after the very first drink. She needed to get drunk. But others had spent years of quiet social drinking before it became uncontrollable. How do you explain it, Doctor? Well, uh, this is quite true. Uh, you hear so often at meetings that uh, a chap will say, well, from the very first time I picked up a drink, I had a problem with drinking. Or on the other hand, like myself, I enjoyed some 20 years of 
uh, fairly heavy and yet very controlled and enjoyable social drinking before I uh, went into my alcoholic uh, phase where I I had a real, very, very severe problem with drinking. Uh, but again, there are people who will go through their entire lives either not drinking, who may well be alcoholic, we don't know, or there are people who successfully drink throughout their entire lives and relatively heavy drinkers at that, who never achieve the amount of exposure to alcohol that turns them from what we call the so-called social drinker into the alcoholic. I don't know that we can say definitely that you are born an alcoholic. Uh, there's no evidence, for instance, of uh, a hereditary factor in alcoholism. But uh, certainly there's no reason why they couldn't be from the, the day they were conceived alcoholic. Um, on the other hand, they may achieve their alcoholism at any time. Uh, there's a, always a very favorite story told about uh, the dear old lady who'd um, uh, gone through life without ever having had a drink. And then at about the age of 76, she had uh, a, a very bad pneumonia. And her physician uh, prescribed for her as a tonic to buck her appetite up a glass of sherry before lunch and a glass of sherry before dinner. And within six months, she was a confirmed alcoholic. You know, all kinds of claims are made about the Australian drinking habit. $100 million a year spent on beer. And we're the fifth heaviest drinkers in the world, they say. 50% of road accidents are caused through drink. And generally, these figures are concerned with people who take a little too much, but not too often who control their drinking to this extent, that they enjoy it. But the 7,000 or so members in AA have left this stage far behind. They've seen the worst. And now, with each other's help and aided by a power they claim is greater than themselves, they live quietly from day to day, hoping for the best. I'm the man who spoke to you previously that stated he once lived at Gordon with three boys at a GPS school, and I ended up in Rushcutter State Park. You wonder what the future holds for me. So do I. But I have faith in this organization that if I stick by its concepts at a day at a time and practice their principles in all my affairs, that whatever will happen to me will be good for me. And at any point in time, I believe I shall face any situation as it is displayed to me. How long have you been sober? I have been sober 17 months. And uh, whereabouts are you in a, in a business sense? I mean, have you got your job back or... Uh, no, I had to start from tours, and I got a job through the social service, and I am still working for that organization, and I may mention at this point of time that when I had been sober eight months, I had been working for a company longer than I had been employed in many jobs four years prior to coming back to AA. How about your family situation? Uh, unfortunately... I'm afraid I'm a person who has cried wolf too often, and this I must accept. But I have this faith that given time, after all, it has been years that has taken me to get to this stage with them, for them to regain confidence in me, should it happen, that once again this will be something that I am willing to live a day at a time towards.